And the same goes for our employers. To those who take advantage of illegal aliens, to those who use illegal aliens for a competitive advantage or to make a quick buck, we have something to say to you. If we find that you have violated federal criminal law, we're coming after you. Mainstream media is dominated by the right and the left. The majority in the middle are left without a voice. You've reached the Conservative Hippie Podcast, a common sense look at life, the universe, and everything. Here's your host, Jay Fratt, the Conservative Hippie. I am being joined by Charlotte Cuthbertson. She's a senior Washington reporter for the Epic Times. She covers the White House, immigration, and the opioid crisis in the United States. You can find her on Twitter at Charlotte Cuthbo. I have a link in the show notes uh, to her reporting and to her Twitter account. She has been on top of a breaking story I am calling the meat market bust in Mississippi. Let that roll off the tongue. The meat market bust in Mississippi. And she's been reporting on that where seven different meat processing plants in Mississippi were raided by ICE officials. It's the largest immigration raid in over a decade. It happened on August 7th. 680 illegal immigrants, or I should say people, were arrested from the raids at the seven processing plants. Um, She does write for the Epic Times. We're going to get right to her. If you want to follow the Epic Times, uh, you can uh, follow them on Twitter, at Epic Times, E-P-O-C-H, and also by the same name, .com. I found Epic Times uh, through their Spygate reporting. They had the most informative, amazing infographic done by Jeff Carlson and Jasper Fackert. Um, I think they're one of the leading independent news organizations in the country. All right. Hello, Charlotte. Thank you for joining me. Yeah, welcome. Nice to meet you. I I have possibly the most important question. Well, it's the most important question to me because I've heard Epic Times pronounced so many different ways. Can I get the definitive how Epic Times is pronounced you definitely can't get the definitive from me. Um, I say epoch, Americans say epic, so it's tomato, tomato. All right, all right. So maybe it's one of those you look it up in the dictionary, and it's and it's either way is acceptable. Correct. Yeah. Okay, so you've been diligently reporting on this uh, immigration bust on August the 7th in Mississippi. Um, do you want to tell me just a few um, facts on what alerted you to that, uh, you know, the importance of this bust? Sure, I think just the scale of it is huge. And uh, as you said, they arrested 680 suspected illegal immigrants from seven plants in central uh, uh, central Mississippi and five different companies. Uh, often when ICE has done these big operations in the past, they've targeted one company. So the fact that they're going after five different companies uh, all in one area, um, I think is quite significant. Yeah, uh, from the the previous large bust, which goes all the way back to 2006, um, just to prove your point, and it was in the article, um, they raided 
um, one company that had plants in six different states. It was a company by the name of Swift and Company, and they arrested 1,300 people in that raid. Um, no charges were brought against corporate officers or anyone with the company. Do you think that this raid uh, is going to change that? Yes, I do. Um, and I think, well, there's a few theories, but there's got to be some way that these companies are linked. And it could be uh, that there's a document fraud ring that they're all sort of using or that's in Mississippi in that area, or there's some kind of labor trafficking going on that's sort of feeding into that area. And so I think as the um, investigation sort of goes down the road, I'm sure it'll be extremely slow, but we will find out a bit more. And I think because ICE had already put in a year of investigation into this before doing the operation on August the 7th, I think I think we can be pretty confident that there's definitely some employers that are going to be on the hook for this one. Okay, I've got I've got so many questions. Let me just try to think of the first one off the top of my head. How prevalent is this problem? The this raid is seven plants in Mississippi. This is just one state, one region within a state. How prevalent is this across the United States? It's no one knows, but like you said, I mean, if you take a little a little area of Mississippi and then you extrapolate it out over the, the whole country, I mean, you just imagine California or New York or Texas, how much is going on there. I, I think it's astronomical, but there's just no way to tell. Um, even the estimated number of uh, illegal alien workers in the United States is supposedly around 8 million, the ones that are actually working or, or looking for work. And that was by the Pew Research Center in 2012. I don't know how you get that number and I don't know how stagnant it would be. There's been a lot more people coming across the border since then. So I just think it's very hard to tell. Yeah. And I, I've said, I mean, immigration reform has been an issue for decades. And I've always said, if you don't go after the employer, then there's you're not going to solve this problem. How does enforcing the laws at the employer level affect illegal immigration? Well, I've been to the border quite a few times, uh, particularly this year and the end of last year, and talked to a lot of migrants along each portion of the border and then even in Mexico and in Guatemala. And I would say that the vast, vast majority, more than 90%, uh, once you sort of get down to talking to them, are coming for economic reasons. And so um, I just think if, if you can deal with the, if you can deal with that, the, the people that are coming for economic migration, uh, then you've really you've really sort of dealt with a lot of the illegal immigration if you can sort that part out. Because the rest, of course, the asylum seekers, you're giving them a higher chance of being able to get their case heard more quickly as well. So you're actually helping the humanitarian side too. Yeah, and I... 
the illegal immigration, I don't know if you want to call it problem, debate, however you want to phrase it, it's been around for decades. And I believe in your article you outline um, some statistics, some statistics um, from a government official that talks about when you remove that incentive of a job. So if you go after the employers and they stop giving um, these jobs to illegal immigrants, the illegal immigrants actually go home on their own voluntarily. Right, right. And and that's been the case uh, in the past. Is it's, too, it's not worth them wondering what's going to happen. And I think a lot of illegal immigrants in America have become very comfortable here and uh, there's a lot of sanctuaries for them. Uh, there's a lot of advocacy for them. Uh, it's very controversial to even consider enforcing the laws against uh, illegal immigration now, which is also very interesting. Yes. Um, l- let's, let's talk taxes for a second. Now, when, when I think of an illegal immigrant um, gaining uh, employment, you know, or an average person, you might think, oh, uh, cash under the table. So no taxes paid. They're not even on the books. The The company is is cooking the books and avoiding payroll taxes. They're avoiding all of the government requirements on, on employment. But, you know, when, you, when I dive into this case that you've reported on, it, it almost seems like it's a blend of, of the trafficking, as you put it, where people aren't even documented. But then there's also fraud from the angle of um, they're they're giving fake social security numbers and things like that. How how are these plants putting these employees on on the payroll? Well, I don't know enough. Um, there's not enough information yet about this one. Um, but employers have to fill out an uh, what's called an I nine form each time within three days of a new hire. And they they need to see some kind of proof from the employee that they are legally able to work in the US. And in this case, what we've seen so far from the court documents, and of course, you know, this, everyone's innocent till proven guilty, but um, the affidavit talks about how one guy just had to give his name and that's it. Um, Some of the employees just, they used their real names and made up social security numbers. One guy had a a California ID that he bought six years ago for 150 bucks. So there's many different ways. And I think a lot of people don't um, equate so much or don't understand how much of a problem it is for American citizens who do get their social security numbers stolen, it it creates a cascade of problems for them that goes on for many years. Yeah, in the the report, you point out um, that that one of the people arrested um, said that they were paid $900 by check every two weeks. Well, that's a strange mm-hmm. amount, $900. That doesn't sound like, um, you know, taxes are taken out. And you know, usually it's, it's very odd amounts as, uh, as you put in taxes. So I, I would imagine there is some sort of uh, blend of, of fraud, uh, not just from the immigrant's standpoint, but from the company standpoint. How does, how does that affect, e- even if they are putting them on the payroll and paying the taxes, how, how does employing illegal immigrants affect local labor markets? Well, usually um, what we've seen from previous cases is that if employers don't employ illegal immigrants, 
because they want to give them a hand up or anything. They're employing them because they know that they can, uh, first of all, drop the wages. And second of all, they don't have to worry so much about safety because they've kind of got a safety net built in that these illegal aliens can't unionise, they can't uh, sort of advocate for anything. They're very replaceable. And so uh, for the illegal immigrants, the conditions are usually uh, much more difficult um, pay-wise and safety standard-wise. And so um, these companies in the past, again, and in previous cases, uh, these the one that you brought up earlier in 2006. Yeah, Swift and Company. That's right. They had to raise their wages. They had to provide bonuses to new workers. They paid relocation expenses just to attract um, Americans, citizens, green card holders, refugees. I mean, they employed um, legitimately. And so that was the immediate consequence was that they actually had to improve everything. And of course, when your business model is to undercut your workers so that you can get a higher profit, then you're going to cut corners in a lot of areas. It is It is interesting how there's a dichotomy between um, one side of the political spectrum championing, championing uh, the rights of illegal immigrants and at the same time creating a class debate about those that would take advantage of. It, 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 those two things don't quite make sense um, together. Right. And then, you know, if you sort of look, take another step back, the people that are impacted the most by uh, employers giving jobs to illegal immigrants, they're usually more low-skilled jobs, um, the kind of jobs that go to lower-skilled Americans, or, or in this case, they're being taken away from lower-skilled Americans. Um, and so it affects more often the, the lower socioeconomic uh, grouping in America who need the, the help more, I guess. Yeah, it affects the most vulnerable, the people with the smallest voice. Right. Well, let's let's get to something specific in the case because uh, my, when I was reading the article, my my eyes kind of popped out a little bit. The most egregious uh, violator, or you know, they're, they're being brought to court, so we'll say alleged violator, um, was this Chinese man. So the owner of two plants, two of these processing plants, um, are owned by a Chinese man named Hu Yu Lian of California, a resident of California. Tell us more about this man and and the plants that he owns. Have you have you dug up anything on on who this guy is? I haven't yet and I um, asked ICE as well. I do know his immigration status, but unless I had more information about him, they can't they can't give me that information. Um, so I don't know that much about him at this point. In the court documents, they did say that there was another Chinese guy who's a naturalized citizen um, from China, same last name, uh, and he worked in the office of one of those companies. So I don't know if they're related uh, or if because in the court documents it said this other guy was a naturalized citizen, but it didn't say that um, Paul Liu Liang is. 
I don't know. We'll, okay. we'll just have to wait and see on that one. And so we're going to have to pay attention to your reporting on that, because I, I kind of find that fascinating um, that a Chinese immigrant might be employing illegal immigrants. It's it's another little uh, tangled web uh, skirting U.S. laws, an immigrant skirting U.S. laws, hiring immigrants, if you will. Right. And the, the ones he was hiring, um, they're mostly Mexican and Guatemalan, so... Um, yeah, there's, he's definitely uh, got some connections, you know, all the way down south there. Yeah, and if, if everybody could think about it, um, not just from the level of, of the uh, lower socioeconomic class and the people without voice that, that might want to get that job um, to, get a, to get a little foothold in the, in, a, in the rung of our economic system, but then think about the... Um, the company-to-company competition that happens when um, Mr. Hu, Hao Yu Luan uh, is able to drive down his costs through um, uh, lesser-skilled labor and, and illegal labor uh, and, and bring that as a competitive force on the market against other companies that might be doing things the right way. It's, exactly. It's, it's a competitive yeah, advantage. Think- I think that's a, a really good point. And I was talking to a, a good friend the other day in Ohio and her brother had a landscaping business there and sort of around the beginning of uh, early 2000s, um, he was just unable to compete with uh, the bids, the government bids and the bigger bids because there were most, it was mostly uh, Mexican groups of landscapers they could just easily undercut him. And so his business really contracted because he wasn't willing to employ illegal immigrants and he wanted to pay a decent wage, but it meant his business completely shrunk. He just couldn't compete. Yeah, it goes it, it goes up the ladder. It's not just these poor immigrants or these poor voiceless uh, people that are lo- Americans that are looking for a job. It's, it's on, it rises the economic scale. This affects everyone. Um, tell me about E-Verify. That was another interesting part of the article is that Mr. Hu Yu Luan um, did not participate in E-Verify, even though it's a state law in Mississippi. Um, what is this E-Verify and how is that supposed to help um, curb uh, hiring of illegal immigrants? Right. Well, it's a free service um, and it's administered by uh, USCIS, the Citizen Immigration Services. And it's basically you can just check online uh, someone's na- uh, name slash social security number just to make sure that they're legally allowed to work in the United States. Uh, you could check it on yourself Um to, to just see what comes up there. And it's basically just a, an automated system that links to the Social Security Administration database and Homeland Security. Um, and, yeah, like you said, it's mandatory in Mississippi. Um, the program itself federally is voluntary. Yeah. And so I, I think it's a, it would be a start because then everyone's on a level playing field then you would get into the point where you have the problems with the document fraud so your ICE and HSI could could spend more time looking at that um, rather than this all this large-scale stuff yeah e-verify seems like a tool for a company that wants to do things the right way 
but a tool that's easily not used by a company that that is doing things wrong. Right. Correct. Yeah. And even companies, you know, some of the other companies uh, that were involved in this operation were signed up, but um, I would imagine that uh, they got around it just because it's easier for the employer to say, oh, I had no idea that this um, document was fake or that they gave me a fake social security number. So they've kind of got plausible deniability as far as the fake documents are concerned. Yeah, yeah. So it almost uh, the, there might be some policy um, possibilities to um, verify use of e-verify. Because if if I came in and I had a fake document and I said I was Bill Bill Showman and um, they couldn't verify me in the e-verify system, that I wouldn't get hired. Right. I, right. I, I imagine that's the way it's supposed to work. And we, you know, going back to these I nines that the employers have to fill out, you have to provide a passport or a, um, a green card or something. So, I mean, it's pretty hard to forge one of them. I think um, if you don't provide either of those things, then you do have to provide two other types of documents, one being, uh, say, a birth certificate and the other being a driver's license. Well, birth certificates from another country, um, they're probably easy, they're easier to forge and then or buy. Um, driver's license, I mean, you look at California, they've handed out a million driver's licenses to illegal immigrants in the last few years. So they're not that hard to get now either in the States. Yeah. All right. So you're going to keep, uh, you're going to stay on this beat. I'm, I'm on border security full time. I'll definitely be following this story. I think it's very interesting what's going to come out of it. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely want to find out more about, um, Hugh, uh, Hugh Yu Luan, um, I, I, that's one of the fascinating tales is uh, I'm a business owner. I have a payroll. Um, I know how hard it is to keep up with. And um, it, it, there's a definite cost to business to doing things the right way. And it so fascinated me that this wasn't even an American ownership group um, that was doing that. Yeah, right. And actually, speaking of Chinese people, I went to I went out with Border Patrol uh, in Texas, South East Texas, a few months ago, and the first group of people that we encountered was seven Chinese people trying to evade capture from Border Patrol, but Border Patrol got them. And we talked to one of the guys, and he said he'd paid $15,000 to get smuggled from China to Mexico, and then his destination was uh, going to be New York. Wow. Wow. I mean, and it's, yeah. it's so important to think it's not um, some people like to choose sides and, and Mexico and Mexicans gets brought up a lot, but it's not. It's it's a lot of different nationalities that are coming across our border. Absolutely. Absolutely. And th I think it's close to 50 different uh, countries represented now from uh, Border Patrol has apprehended people from I think around 50 countries so far this fiscal year. Just this year. Just this year. Yeah. Wow. All right, Charlotte, thank you very much for sharing more details about this story and, and talking with us. Again, that's uh, Charlotte Cuthbertson. Now, did I pronounce Cuthbertson correctly? 
You did. Okay. Well <laughs> That's at Charlotte Cuthbo on Twitter. Again, I'll have links to all of her reporting um, and her Twitter in the show notes. And um, thank you very much for your service and for the great reporting with Epic Times. Thanks, Jay. It was great. Let's be friends. We're all on this cosmic spaceship together. Subscribe and share the Conservative Hippie Podcast. Visit our sponsors, SmokeAndJays.com. Everything for your smoke and lifestyle. StonerHoroscopes.com. Adora Zen dishes cosmic vibes for the stoner at heart. KickFromTheSpot.com. Soccer is American.